It's a great pleasure to say that I'm now joined by the heart of darts, Dieter Hedman. How are you, Dieter? I'm great, thank you very much. And how are you keeping during this third national lockdown? Oh, it's same as normal. <laughs> work, home, eat, sleep, drink, get up, work, home, eat, sleep, drink. That's it. <laughs> And I know certainly where I am, there's been a lot of issues with the post service, with a lot of you know postmen getting coronavirus and, and staff. Are you managing to stay safe? Well, I am at the moment, but yeah, like everybody else, we've had quite a few happening where I work as well. But, you know, we're following protocol, as you do. But, yeah, it is what it is, to be honest with you. It's a real thing. Mm. Well, people better believe it is out there and it is real. You've had a month now, just over a month, since you played Andy Bolton at Alexandra Palace in, in the PDC World Championship. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> Looking back, how would you assess the, the whole experience? Oh, oh, God, it was brilliant. I thoroughly loved it. It was quite surreal, actually, to be honest with you. I mean, I've watched it, I've been there, and often think, what would it be like? And to be there myself and got there, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Mm. You know, everything was done, how, how the players are treated so far superior, to be fair, to the PDO, <laughs> but it is what it is. Well, I mean, you could, you could tell from your walk-on that, you know, the smile on your face, you look so happy to be there, and I'm guessing you had no problems with your walk-on song this time. No, <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> no, I mean... When you hear that song, you can't help but dance, can you? <laughs> Even if you're not a dancer, you're still going to move your legs, ain't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, loved it. In all seriousness, though, what was it like playing there without any fans? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know, really. Um, it's hard to explain. It really is. It was hard to explain. I just kind of got there and just thought to myself, really wasn't even thinking about the fans. I just wanted to really play well. You know, I just wanted to get up there and really perform as such. Because when you qualify for things like that and you get through it and you get on that stage, especially when there's only like two girls, you kind of really want to play well to show why you qualified through all them girls to get there, you know, how you can play, you know, and yeah, I mean, I didn't perform as well as I should have, but it's just one of those things. It's like every sport that it is on the day. Mm. So, you know, mm. I just went in there with an open mind and hopefully to bring my A game, but it didn't happen, so, as I said, it is what it is, so move on. Mm. Well, I will move on in a bit, but I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did just want to ask you about that game, because the first leg, you started really well, you hit you know, a maximum to leave yourself on, on 76, and then I think it was, you had a bounce out, and I think it was five missed doubles in that first leg to win no, it, and was, <laughs> he nicked it. Seven, seven missed starts, that was. <laughs> Is that something that stays with you for the rest of the game and niggles away at you? To be honest, the first set, it did, because all I did, mostly in the practice after I qualified, was practice on my finishes. Because when you're playing, you're throwing for the 20s and 90s about all the time. But you only get that one 
mm. or two shots at the double. So that's where I put my preparation in. And when I missed that, I just thought, what the hell? You would do it was going so well, you know, and I did. And yes, it does stay with you like that first set. And then after that first set, then you just started playing catch up and thinking, okay, come on. And that's how it was right through the game, in fairness. And the third set, when I won that 3-0, basically, it was like, what was that all about? So your brain took on another, you know, another perspective. And then you think, okay, let's get back into this game. And you can try too hard or whatever. It just, yeah. But it, to me, I was just thinking, yeah, 3-0, two sets to one, bring it back. But it was Andy's set, the fourth set. But I think if that 1-2-1 one, one had gone in, it might have changed game. I don't know if it would have, but I'm saying it might have. Mm. But it's just one of those things. And in the end, as I said, I was thinking after the first two sets, I think I lost 3-0, 3-0. As I said, I was in my head thinking, God, I want to get a leg here because <laughs> I don't want to be, with my words I use is, I don't want to be dicked through three, <laughs> nil, three, nil, three, nil. <laughs> I know it's not the word you use, but in my head was what it was, you know? So I just thought, just get a leg. Yeah. And then within three straight legs like that, it was, what is going on here? So the mind... If you can blank, I just think if you can just see the dartboard, forget about your opponent, which most of us do anyway, it's the board. And don't think about what if, what this, what that. If you could, because it's so hard to do. Mm. It is so hard to do. So, yeah, I was just glad I didn't get beat, nil, nil, nil. <laughs> so, so, yeah. <laughs> And I suppose the fact you were able to get something on the board and get that set and also know that, you know, you had chances in other legs and just the doubles didn't go your way, that must inspire you to want to go back there and, you know, prove something else and, you know, win more. You know, it's not even about proving because I proved to myself that I can do it. You know, because when I, as I said all along, when I went to, when I went to the ladies' series, at no point did I phase that I was going to qualify mm. you know I, I just went to try and get some money because it was decent money mm. and at the end of it when I was in the running I thought what the hell is going on <laughs> because at the time as you all know I mean Lisa with a tour card Fallon who's play, was, is playing also and still is Young Bo mm. Aileen all of them and to me coming near the end of last well to lockdown I was playing okay, but my standard to me had dropped off quite a bit. So going to Q school, Q school, going to the ladies series was just, you know, trying mm. to get a little bit of cash. Mm. And to have finished qualifying was just a bit of icing on the cake. So yeah, you know, to me, I've got nothing to prove at all. Mm. And I absolutely love the setup of the BDC anyway. Hmm. I just love to play in that kind of atmosphere as such. I mean, going back to that qualifying setup at the Women's Series, it was so close in that final afternoon. Everyone online was speculating about how are they going to decide, what were the rules. How stressful was that for you? 
more interested in the lease. To be honest with you, on the last day when I lost the Fallon, I just said to Paul, I said, oh, I've blown it. Because in my mind, I knew I had to beat Fallon. Mm. It was no bad legs, this legs, that or whatever. In my head, I had to beat Fallon. Mm. Because, I mean, the first day when I lost the Fallon, which I shouldn't have done, but at the end of the day, it should have, would have, whatever, she hit the double. But I played really, really well. And she took her chance because I let her in. But then, um, oh, yeah, I had I beat her twice. She beat her twice. I think it was something like that. But, yeah, for me, that final day wasn't about legs or whatever. Once I lost the Fallon, I just said to Paul, I've blown it. That's it. So there was no stress in it at all hmm. for me. But when, as I said, when we were sitting at the table and Graham and Peter Manley came up and said, I've gone through... As I said, my words then was, don't be winding me up. How the hell can I, because Fallon, you know, because I lost. And they said, no, you went through by, what was it? One leg or two legs? Two legs, like I think. That. Yeah. So I went, really? And then I started crying. So, yeah, that was it. So, so being stressful was nothing. Mm. I weren't in that kind of state anyway, mm. because I didn't think I, I was in it. Mm after losing so so yeah so you were resigned to it and it, then it was kind of a surprise did you obviously to mitt out on such a fine margin did you go and speak to Fallon afterwards no because Fallon was still playing mm. and I didn't felt it was right to have done that because obviously they would have worked out all the points because when I was told Paul said he had worked it out but he wasn't sure himself Mm. And I would have thought Jason and all of them is all in it and whatever, so they would have known. So for me, it would not have been right to have gone and spoken to Fallon to say, you know, unlucky because she was still playing anyway. Mm. So, but then on the on this plus side, Fallon never came to me and said, well done. So probably she didn't know either, mm. you know, so that's how it was. And I know around that time, sort of the Challenge Tour, and then you, you linked up with the, the Big Five again. That must have been a great help at the World Championship, having, you know, Paul and Steve there and, and Nick Kenny, because it would have been quite strange with the, so few people and the fans and everything. To be honest with you, yeah, they were all there, but we were all in our separate rooms and whatever, you know. But yes, it was good to have them around, knowing they were around there as well. You know, so if I needed any help with anything... They could have fallen, that could help. But in fairness, we weren't all that far away from each other anyway. So, so yeah, that was all right. And I know when we spoke before, you said that during sort of the first lockdown and stuff, you'd basically not thrown any darts at all when you hadn't been, been playing online. Do you think that that break, which is probably the longest break you've had in, you know, 10 plus years, do you think that actually helped you? Well, to be honest with you, <laughs> I remember it was the 23rd, 24th of March, we were at Skegdale. And I played pairs with Bo there and we won it. And then the lockdown and that was it. But after, with that lockdown, I just went head into work. Mm. Because the volume just trebled. And where I don't normally work Fridays, I was going in like Monday, 2 o'clock till 4 in the morning. So I was doing like 14 hours Monday <laughs> and I was working Monday to Friday. 
I was literally just working, working, and then Saturday and Sunday I was trying to clear the house up. I've kind of come to a gridlock with the house. I've had enough of it. There's so much rubbish everywhere. You know that feeling. I can't get any more out in the back garden. <laughs> yeah, but but basically I haven't stopped working. Literally, just work, 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 and. With the lockdown, I mean, Paul and I didn't see each other at all from March up until, God, I think it was, um, what is it, September? Mm. We just spoke on the phone and that. And the um, challenge tour, mm. which was in October, Paul said to me, before the ladies' series, he said to me, um, you haven't thrown any darts he said, you can't just go and play in the ladies' series without throwing a dart. I, I said to him, oh, I'll just take my chance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said to me a week before, he said, I found you a sponsor for the challenge door because I said to him, there's a lot of money just to go and whatever. So he said, okay. I said, okay. He said, so you can have some practice. So I didn't work Friday because... Um, I didn't go to it Friday, sorry, because I was at work finish Friday morning mm. and it was still short notice to have a day off. Mm. So I finished work Friday morning, we travelled up Saturday, Saturday and Sunday and on the Saturday my first game was winnable, mm. but I lost that and then the next um, group of tournaments the next round that we played after the first one finished, then I had a fantastic run because I think what was the last sixteen I got to? Because mm. who was it? Colin, Colin Osborne, uh, Kevin Painter, Cody Harris, I think. Mm. Yeah, I beat all three of them, and I eventually lost to Dave Evans, who I think went on to win it. Mm. And I played some awesome cards, <laughs> <laughs> and literally I just. Paul will tell you when I came back because he's, you know, was at the hotel and that. When I came back, he said the grin on your face was like from ear to ear <laughs> because I just played some darts, which is one of the best I've played. Mm. So the ladies' series, as I said, for me, I just thought throw in some good darts, just pick up some money. <laughs> that was it, really. So, so yeah. And no, I hadn't thrown any, any darts at all. I was too tired. Mm. I was literally really tired when I come home in the morning. I was just... Maybe the you know, break did freshen you up a bit. Yes, yeah, but I was just working. <laughs> yeah, I was just working like hell. <laughs> I won't say what I normally put after that. <laughs> but, yeah, I was working very, yeah. Mm. It, it was mad. It really was mad. Mm. When we spoke last time, we were talking about your win at the, you know, your wins at the UK Open in two thousand and five, and you said that you'd not really got any media coverage at all then. That was very different this time when you qualified for Alexandra Palace. You know, you were on the BBC News, you were on Talksport, and I mean earlier today, you were even on Jamaican television. How have you found having all that, all those interviews and stuff that you maybe weren't, you didn't get last time? Do you know what? I kind of wish it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's madness. Because I think a lot of people don't realise 
even though I keep saying I, I work, and my hours compared to most people are so different. Mm. You know, because I leave here like half two in the afternoon, and I return home half four in the morning. So it, it's a funny shift. It, it cuts out everything, if you know what I mean. Mm. So basically, I get home, do whatever, go to bed, wake up, shower, watch the breakfast, and I'm out. So I really haven't got the time to fit in. Mm. I'll say time, but that's that's what suits me. That's that's my lifestyle. So when people ask for interview for this and that, they have to, well, Paul works it out and slots it all in for me. And as much as I do love a lot of them, some of them don't kind of get the concept that, no, I can't do it. Mm. And I'm not being awkward or a prima donna or anything like that. Sometimes I find it really quite draining. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, especially like when they do it in Skype and I'm thinking, God, i got to put my face on. <laughs> <laughs> put the head on. You know what I mean? Mm. Because you don't want to look pretty shitty, to be honest <laughs> with you. Because you know most people when you're at home, you just there. <laughs> I mentioned the BBC there. You were included in November on their list of, you know, the 100 women, you know, their most influential and inspirational women in the world. And, you know, other people on the list, the, the Prime Minister of Finland, you know, the woman leading the Oxford vaccine campaign, all sorts of other campaigners. And you were on there for working full time during the pandemic for, for Royal Mail, achieving what you achieved in qualifying for, for Alexandra Palace and the work you do for charity and ambassador for uh, the youth. Uh. That must have been incredibly proud for you to be recognised among those other people. Oh, good God, I was like... <laughs> it was like when I qualified for Ali Pali, I went to work and I was like two weeks on cloud nine. Mm. And I just went into work and I said to the managers and that, I said, I'll be working, but I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> you know, so I kind of warned them, leave me alone. So if you see me chatting here, chatting there, it's because I said, don't worry, I will get back down. <laughs> so when I got that included in the 100 women on the BBC, I brought that into the mail centre manager. Hmm. And all of them, because I kind of split shifts, so all the, the managers and that, and I was just showing them all. And they were just like... Congrats, congrats, you know, the usual. But yeah, again, I was like on the top of the world, really. Hmm. You know, for something like that. You can't explain it, really. No. Because, you, you know, prior to that, so probably he doesn't know, I was also included in a book called The 100 First, 100 Women First. So all the women who was done a first, like, I think you had the Speaker of the Commons, you have... Again, they say the first scientist who has done the first, the first poker player woman, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. The first jockey, mm -hmm. the first 
surrogated mother, all that. I was included in the book, and that was 101st. So I was included, the first woman to have been the man on the TV. <laughs> so poor Aaron, it's done in history. So yeah, I was in one of them with that as well. So so yeah, um, just ecstatic with all that kind of stuff, yeah. Hmm. But I just go along, you know, doing my own thing, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It was my, it's going to be my catchphrase, I think. <laughs> it was just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Well, I thought it was thoroughly deserved as well because what you achieved, certainly, you know, qualifying for Alexandra Palace last year was important for a number of reasons because, you know, the fact they kept, obviously, the media and stuff kept mentioning your age, but you had achieved something as an older woman, which deserved oh. a lot of credit as well. But also... Darts is a very, I don't know how to say this, it's a very white male orientated sport. So to see a woman of colour achieving something like that was something to take notice of. Yeah, well, you would say that because living in Europe, mm. if you like. But as I've always said, yes, when I, from the day I started playing darts to now, it's got a lot better. There's a few more black people. But because I travel within Europe, mm. You don't get to see Afro-Caribbean. But in fairness, because we have the World Cup, you do have mm. the African countries that do play darts. Mm. Because they do have a team in Jamaica. Well, they did back then, and I think they still do have. I'm not sure if they still got that anymore. But they still have got a team in Jamaica. Mm. And Barbados and all those kind of African countries. But obviously, because they're so far away... Mm. They can't actually do the tour hmm. because the tour really is within Europe itself. Hmm. I mean, America has their own touring system within their country because it's so big. You know, same as Canada hmm. and same as um, Asia. So people will travel within those parts of the, the world. Hmm. But because I live in England and I predominantly travel within Europe, then, yeah, you won't see hmm. hardly any black people, to be honest with you. Hmm. But it, it, it's, it's how it is. But there is a few more coming in now, you know, I do believe. Hmm. So, although you may say it's just a handful, but there is still a few. And who knows, maybe 10 years later, down the line, if darts is still as popular as it is now, who knows? Things change because mm. darts had been in a doldrum for a while and then it's back up. So you might see more Afro-Caribbean kids within the game. Well, it'd be great to see. I think, you know, more diversity in any sport is always good to see in any walk of life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in honesty, most sport always has got one person of a race in them don't they mm. if you actually look cricket golf whatever within europe mm. isn't there yeah. there's always that one because even if you if you say golf a tiger woods and vijay singh they're still that far country mm. but within europe itself unless they travel to europe it's still prominently white isn't yeah. it apart from the only game is football yeah so, you know, you could say, yeah, it, it's that wider spectrum is being interested in it and getting into it. It's, yeah. I know what you mean. And before we look ahead to, to, to the, you know, your darts later this year in Q-Store and so on, 
Uh-huh. You are a youth ambassador with, you know, England Darts and, you know, oh, that's yeah, something yeah. you're very passionate about. And obviously oh, yeah. England at the moment are running the Youth Online Grand Prix. Yes. What have you made of the uptake so far? It's been fantastic, actually, because, you know, we've had kids from all over the place that's in, entered it. And obviously, as well, we are the Hungarian, because we travel to Hungary quite a lot, Paul and I, within the game. So we've formed a friendship and the liaison with them, hmm. you know. So, so that's been really, really quite good. And with the Grand Prix, I mean, we had a young lad from America because the time difference. And he was <laughs> up at 6.30 in the morning to play. <laughs> you know, so it, it's brilliant. And though obviously Scotland, Wales... And Northern Ireland, and we've had kids from Lithuania and Denmark who's taken part. So it's it's brilliant. Hmm. I mean, it's great for the kids as well to be playing all these different youngsters that they wouldn't get the chance to play unless they pick for their country. Hmm. And I think that's what makes it so interesting as well, because when pick for your country is only like, what is it? four boys, two girls, so, you know, it's very niche. Mm. So at least this way they can play different kids and see how they play and realise how good or bad or whatever they can take take away from it. So, so yeah. And you mentioned the relationship that's kind of been formed between England and Hungary. It's nice because yeah. it's it's something really positive for, for future generations in a oh, time okay. where, in a time that's quite crap for most people. Yes, definitely. And you never know, there might be another country apart from Hungary as well who decide they would like to take part as well, you know, in having a friendly, like a, like you have England versus Hungary, England versus Prague or, or something like that, yeah. Mm. So it'd be good to have something like that for the kids. Mm. And I think they will be a lot more excited about doing it and also playing in the Grand Prix because they know from that I think they're probably picking something like four boys, the same again, two girls, just for that, you know, hmm. final bit. They might do that, I don't know. Hmm. But, but, yeah. Right, looking ahead for you now, Q School's only, you know, a week or so away. Uh, How are you feeling... <laughs> How are you feeling for it? Because, obviously, the format has changed this year and there's a lot more cost and time involved if you do well and get to that final stage. Yes, well, for me, I've had to have a look at all the days, all the days I have left, because the, our holidays start again in April. Well, obviously, Isle of Man, Scotland, we would have been in Holland, all those places, Romania. So all those times that I would have had, mm. I've just put all of it together to have a couple of weeks off because I've been drawn in the first lot. Mm. So, fingers crossed I get through the first lot. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but I couldn't leave it to the last minute to say, oh, I want these days off. So I've had to book two weeks off. Well, all the days I have, mm. I've booked them off. So if it doesn't go to plan, I can come home and sort out some more rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. But... I am open that my game comes together and I can qualify for the second bit anyone. <laughs> but I 
was going to say, won't be wasted days, but now days are never wasted. <laughs> I will make use of them. <laughs> and how are you feeling in your game? What how has practice been since you you know finished up at Alexandra Palace in December? It's been the same. I haven't changed anything. <laughs> still practice doubles and mm. as you do, still put in the time that I have. That doesn't make me get too bored. So I still do a little bit every day at work in my lunch hour. And at the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'll put in the odd half an hour here and there, you know, because you're not on the board for an hour at a time playing the game. Very rare, unless you play somebody who's going like a snail. But <laughs> normally it's half an hour you're there, to be honest with you. Hmm. So I kind of put half an hour birds in at the time and... So that's all I've been doing. I mean, sometimes I'm on the board for more than an hour, but that's because I can't hit the doubles. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, something like that. It's different, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but beyond Q School, what is your plan for this year? As much as you can actually have a plan at the moment. Oh well, the WDF, as you know, is there with the Winmar and hopefully the World Championship and. You know, so, I don't know. That really, after Q School, is what is the next priority, is to get these things up and going. Mm. I mean, they're all there in place, and England as well, and the youth, as you know. But it's all to do with COVID, isn't it? Whether we can travel, how that's going to pan out. And don't forget, within the WDF system, and the BDO as it was then, most of the people playing them are all workers. Yeah. So if this thing coming about being up to quarantine and all that, then the entries are going to be total rubbish, isn't it? It's going to become very domestic because people can't fly into places. Yeah, and when their work is going to be first priority, because mm. like myself in the years I've played, Start is a hobby. Mm. Work come first. So if work says, well, no, you can't have this time off and whatever, then darts mm. is just going to have to take the back seat. So, so really, that's where it is at at the minute. Is when COVID permit, I'll be in. I mean, we'll be involved with the WDF, the youth, and see we and obviously England and see where it hands out. Mm. Well, I wish you all the best for Q School in just over a week or so. And I thank you very much for your time um, today. I really do appreciate yeah. it, Dita. Always a pleasure <laughs> talking you. to you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You take care.